You too. You look like uh, you're in outer space right now. <laughs> I was trying to look like, you know, kind of running an investigation and in like an FBI lab kind of. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so mm -hmm. today, as of this recording, you just released the body EP, the first part of your album, basically. I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's... That's exciting. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I've been working on it just for so long that it's like, it's weird. Like, you know, I started writing it over a year ago, I guess like last March. A year um, ago? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, like how many tracks? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, well, the total album I think is 18 songs. Um, so I started writing like all of those tracks at that time. And I already had some that like were unfinished or ideas that I like pulled different parts from. Mm -hmm. um, but to like have something and then like I've been playing some of them live and like yeah. it's been so long and now they're just finally coming out. It's like almost like catharsis where like it, they're like my little babies and I'm like letting them free. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really great feeling and it's cool to see like all of the excitement too. Um, mm -hmm. It's been like a long process to just like make sure that everything's right. I'm a perfectionist. So it's yeah. a little bit of letting go in that too. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to like that sort of perfectionism, but I think it's yeah. really cool how like you're separating it out into like four different EPs. So mm -hmm. is it like one EP per month until December, the full launch? Um, so I have the one today and then I have one that's actually on my birthday, uh, September 26th and then okay. November 17th. And then I think December 2nd so the last one there's a little bit of a longer period of time um, mm -hmm. and then it's like body heart mind and soul and I kind of wrote that whole album the same way like I didn't call them that at first I was like one category was like bangers with a z <laughs> bangers <laughs> yeah bangers and um, <laughs> then I had like melodic and emotional tracks and then I had like experimental and like psychedelic and then like down tempo and experimental or whatever and I did write them for those categories um but I I renamed them and made it like really cohesive that way yeah I was listening to the body EP the other day like from start to finish I just really yeah. like I think it's a, a literal body of art like literally <laughs> like it's just from beginning to end it sounded really cool how it was like very melodic and I actually felt like I was going into space like my background <laughs> like oh, yeah. the first track you know or like that introduction I just thought it was really well done so congrats on that and thank you yeah the feedback on it has been pretty incredible from what I've been seeing on social media yeah and that's like a really good feeling because I mean obviously like I've been teasing it for so long and talking about it and hyping it up and I wouldn't I don't think talk it up if I didn't feel really good about it yeah but I have like showed it to so many friends and like people 
by now that like they gave me the confidence to like really push it so mm-hmm. like I've been confidently like telling people like it's gonna be good and then to see people have the same reaction is really nice yeah but, um, yeah body's interesting because they're the most like in your face tracks from the whole album um like the bangers mm-hmm. um, but I think it's like the part of the album that's the shortest like it's five tracks but it's only like 16 minutes long um where there's three more parts and those make up an hour worth of music so there's like some really long tracks that are on the way after this too so it's it's cool to like get the first part out and people are are already like give me more yeah. and being able to work with Wakan to roll this out too like yeah it's pretty incredible as well yeah and I've been working with them for the past like two years now um they've been nothing but like super supportive like my manager Loper and Sam and then also like Martin Liquid Stranger mm-hmm. I you know I didn't used to release on labels I just like self-released everything um yeah. but they've given me like a really big platform and they have a really good community that's like loving and they're also like open to hearing all sorts of different stuff and that to me is really important mm-hmm. um and they don't they don't tell me what to do it's not like they're like we need the album and we need this type <laughs> of stuff you know they were like do you want to yeah. release us? sure yeah like we'll give you the big push that you need like you know do you need any help do you need resources I was the one that came to them with the like four parts idea and they were like yeah we love it like we'll help you make that happen um, so I nothing but good things to say about them. Yeah. It's kind of like a, basically like a waterfall release, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a good yeah. way to help keep promoting all the tracks and like the album as a whole. So that way when it drops December 2nd, then you can promote the entire album. As yeah, a whole, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. and in separate pieces. I, I think that like, especially in this day and age of like TikTok attention spans, you know, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> If I drop it's such an, a struggle, man. Yeah. I know. If I drop an 18 track <laughs> album all at once, people are gonna maybe listen to five of them. Maybe you know, even. Maybe. <laughs> you know, like even dropping five tracks on the first part today, people probably skipped the intro. They're like, okay, I get it. It's the intro. You know what yeah. I mean? So like I just knew that I wanted to release all these songs and they're all meaningful and they all tell a story. But the best way to do that was to like slowly feed it to people and you're right like it does help promote the whole thing the whole time because instead of having like one big release day I have Mm -hmm. four Um, yeah (laughs) yeah no I feel you all that when it comes to TikTok and social media because like there's some artists that I manage and I'm always like do not make your videos more than like 30 seconds 30 seconds is even like a lot (laughs) like even like if you look on the Dubs FBI page like it's kind of turned into a meme page but not really because it's also like a good way to help promote up-and-coming artists and just help shed light on underrepresented artists and just people that we think deserve more attention in general and so like even when they come up to us and like hey I have this release and here's this you know graphic or here's like this sort of animation even then it's like sometimes Instagram, I'm sure you see it on your page too. It'll suppress like the algorithm will suppress the views because they see that yeah. it's like some animation and it has text over it. So like, you'll just see that on our page. It's just like, those videos are usually just show videos or like memes. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They, 
the algorithm kind of makes stuff like that eat shit which sucks because mm -hmm. like you could put a lot of money into stuff like that and then if you make like a funny meme or just like you almost talking sometimes it, it does recognize faces so yeah. like it'll push that a lot more and yeah, that's literally kind of, like, it's it's crazy I actually like I'm trying to learn TikTok I don't feel like I'm that old I'm 29 um yeah but no, I was, you're like, not at all I'm 27 <laughs> yeah I was like kind of late on the TikTok train um so I'm I like I was looking up the other day how to like add a different sound to the video and I was watching a YouTube like video tutorial yeah. <laughs> it was from this page called uh tech boomers and tech I was boomers. like oh my god like <laughs> I am not watching a, a, a how to talk for boomers video but I am I'm to, like I don't know it's it, it's hard I'm the same way like there's this app called CapCut have you heard okay. of it yeah so, I just downloaded that the other day yeah same here I just downloaded it like a month ago and I was like how the hell do you use this shit and then like Instagram when I use a horizontal video horizontal videos yeah. do not do well on our page so I try making it a vertical like expand it into a reel even then Instagram doesn't do that anymore it doesn't let it doesn't give you that option to expand it so oh, yeah you have to like redo it in like online or something yeah like on Adobe Premiere Pro or something or like a video editor but I asked some friends like is there an app where I can just do this instead of having to pull out my laptop and do this and they're like oh just do it in CapCut and they tried sending me like a video they tried sending me a tutorial and I was like I do not have the patience for this <laughs> I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to be watching these tutorials on how to like just make a damn vertical video <laughs> like yeah literally it's <laughs> like I feel like I'm my dad like googling how to convert pdf <laughs> <laughs> how to how to suppress pdf <laughs> yeah <laughs> I actually googled how to do that the other day I was like this pdf is really big how do I suppress this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah gotta gotta love it <laughs> But we're when it, best, yeah, we're, we're trying. So just got to keep up with the times, man. Definitely. But I'm actually curious to hear more about like, if there's any tracks in particular, when it comes to body that hold more like special significance to you. Like for me, sure. I don't know. I, I heard when I was hearing the album or the EP go stood out. To yeah, me a lot. definitely like, hip hop elements. Like, I'm curious to hear more about that, actually. Yeah, and that's kind of the one that we've been leading with. Um, all of them have their, like, own place. So, like, Boundary, the intro, um, that was actually, it used to be the outro of a song that I was going to put on the album, but it didn't make the cut. So I, like, uh. cut the outro off of it, turned it into an intro, and, like, put a bunch of effects on it. And then I use those same sounds in like five or six different other songs on the album. Um, so that kind of sets the tone. Like you hear all these sounds, but you're going to hear them later and maybe not even remember where you heard them, but they'll feel familiar. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Breathe uh, with Sika and he's a really, really talented producer. I think he only has like one track or zero tracks he's ever released. Oh, wow. Um, this is like his first track he's ever released. Um, and it's on my album, which is really cool. Um, and that one came together. Like, I love the, like, breathe in. And then, like, the huge bass line comes in. And then go. Um, that one is with Al Capone and Killa P. And I'm a, I'm a really big fan of both of them. Yeah. Uh, Killa P's done a bunch of work with, like, 140 Acts. He's from the UK. Um, he's normally found on something like Attorney and Sound or, like, Distinct Motive track. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I was really excited to get him on something that's like higher energy and like kind of in a different sound than what he might normally be on. Um, and then I also have Al Capone, who is like a, Memph- a Memphis like OG, like he's been in the rap game for a long time and he's been yeah. branching in EDM more. Um, so to have the like down south like rap vibe and then also like you know a uk feel to it and then have the track be so energetic is is really really cool to me um i also wrote it as an instrumental first with like no vocals at all which was a challenge for me like were you planning on that (laughs) yeah i was so i i like wanted it to have vocals the whole time so i wrote it that way so there's like little pauses and breaks and bits of silence and stuff um in the instrumental and like to me that was challenging because I was just trying to imagine where the like vocals would be without having any placeholders Mm -hmm. um and obviously like they did an amazing job so it it came together perfectly yeah that one like it actually just makes me want to go like let's get the day going yeah the energy on that one is crazy (laughs) yeah I really love that one and like the hip-hop elements like I said earlier and just like the EDM elements and I think it's really cool that Al Capone especially since I've heard of him before many a times like I just think it's cool that he's branching out more into EDM and a lot of vocalists in general I feel like that you would never expected are getting more into the EDM side of things yeah, I think, you know, as the genre continues to be so popular, like more and more people are going to want to try and branch out and do different things. Um, on the next part of my album, Heart, um, there's a vocalist. She actually didn't even want to be credited because um, normally she does like pop stuff. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, I would love to like have you credited on the track. And she was like, no, it's fine. I just like doing this for fun. So it's it's cool, like, even if people aren't trying to, like, break into doing it all the time, they're still, like, dipping their toes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, if that song does really well, maybe she might feel like doing EDM more often. Mm, um, I wonder who it is. We're yeah. Have to, uh, put on my FBI hat, run an investigation. Yeah, <laughs> and figure it out for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think, like, more and more people from, like, the vocal and the hip-hop and rap communities are... Are getting interested in it i mean if you look at festivals like i mean you have shaquille o'neal who's been crushing yeah. um and he's like an a-list basketball celebrity yeah uh, he's oh, amazing oh my god yeah he's a huge inspiration. <laughs> i was about to ask you have you seen him in person like my god yeah i played a show is... with him uh we oh, you I did. Played like home wonderland show with him which to me i just felt like the simulation was broken because <laughs> i'm like Okay, I'm at a dubstep show where they're spraying foam cannons at kids and Shaquille O'Neal's like chopping rhythm. And I was like, <laughs> weird fever dream. But it was really cool. He's an amazing guy. He's super friendly. He like stopped and shook everybody's hand and took a picture with anybody that asked him. And like his set was really cool. So um, I love seeing people from the outside that like are really embracing the community and they get embraced back which I think is you know yeah if people were more like gatekeepy I think that it wouldn't go over as well but people are like yeah of course like we welcome you yeah no that's that's like what we strive to be here at like Dubs of FBI we're always 
we don't like to gatekeep. We just want to help lift each other up, basically. Like the yeah. saying goes, like the rising tide lifts all boats. So it's as long as you have true. good intentions and help other out and not like, you know, keep it, make it like, there's a lot of politics in the EDM scene, I feel like, especially in dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, we're over here, like we're all working towards the same goal. Why don't we just work together and help each other out? Like, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And there is a bunch of like weird politics. I think what's important is like, there's people like other artists that sometimes have like a scarcity mindset where they're like, there's only so many fans. So I want to have all of them and anybody else that tries to get them is like stealing from me. <laughs> and right? that's like, I think people, there's people in general in life that have that scarcity mindset, but like, and I think that's a, a uniquely American thing because we're so individualistic. That's kind of how our society is. But like mm -hmm. in reality, there's enough to go around for everybody. And like, you know, you win by lifting other people up and sharing and like, you know, putting on your friends and putting on other people and sharing other people's stuff. And I know you guys like have that as like your mantra pretty much. Yeah. Um, it obviously like is true. Like you, and it's a good way to approach life. So yeah, there's this book that I read a while ago it's called the go-giver I don't know if you've heard of it uh -uh. Um, but it has like these sort of five laws of success and okay. one of them ever since I read it has like stood out to me and it was basically before we started dubstep at BI it's it basically says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment and that's like what we strive to do is like you know it, it's not all it's not a give and take here like we will take the time out of our day, especially since we have day jobs, like we'll make these playlists on Spotify. We'll add your track to the top. Maybe it'll get you a few streams, maybe not a lot, but it'll get you something. We'll yeah. post you on our story. We'll post your show. Like, we'll just like, we basically sacrifice a lot of money in our time to yeah. make this platform run. And it's just crazy to see how like we went into this without any sort of money expectations or like without, without the expectation of getting any money. And sure. now it's like, the money is like starting to roll through and like people are wanting to like they're begging to pay us like please I will pay you to write this article yeah. like, I will pay you to do this like please come to our show I will pay for your flights to for the FBI to do an appearance at our show like it's just yeah. it's crazy like what can happen when you change that sort of mindset of like not having that sort of expectation you know of like a give and take type of thing yeah I'm sure 100%. like that's happened to you as well yeah, and it's really been great seeing you guys like grow so organically too. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> you know, like you're right. Like if you put out that energy, like maybe you don't get it back like immediately, but it it will come back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I you know for this album earlier this week, I made like an Instagram post where I had all of the different vocalists and collaborators, and then my my audio engineer Seth Drake. Um like in the slideshow and I like said what each person contributed to this part of the album and like highlighted them. And I'm trying to do that because like, there's just this like unspoken thing in the scene where people feel like they have to like put other people beneath them or like seem like they're the only person that's like doing this project. Like people act yeah. like it's just a one person thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to do my best to change that 
And I think that your guys' approach to to just like leading with open arms is it it changes things, you know? And like you're right. People people benefit by lifting each other up. So it's yeah, it's really um sometimes it might take a little bit of extra effort, but it does come back. Yeah, absolutely. And then that puts me to like my next question about your tour coming up. Cause yes. you're hitting like over 30 cities. I don't know how many, but I remember seeing that graphic and I was like, my God, like that is insane. So like, like I'm tired just looking at that. <laughs> oh my God. I, I just got back from base Canyon. I felt like I was a touring artist that weekend, even though it was just base Canyon for a weekend. I'm just like, I don't know yeah. how these artists do it. I remember seeing that and I'm like, wow, I don't know if he's going to get any sleep, but that is so cool that yeah. you're doing that. So I'm excited for you. But like, how many cities in total are you hitting? I think it's 35 to 37. Um, It's a lot. It's like every weekend, I think for 15 weeks. Uh, And I'm mostly doing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But some of the weeks I'm doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so at least I'll be like home during the week. Um, So like my, I live with my fiance and my dog and cat. So like, I will get like personal time. Like I'll get to come home, sleep in my own bed, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like see my dog. I'll probably hibernate most of the time, to be honest, in between (laughs) shows. Actually knowing me, I'll be like in my studio, like working and being like, I need to change this. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like when you're on tour as well, like you'll probably come home, like super motivated and excited about like what just happened. And like, you'll just want to keep like making more music. Cause like, that's what happened to me after Bass Canyon. Like I was so exhausted. Like I felt like a zombie, but literally as soon as I got home, like 2 AM Sunday night, I was just like, all right, we're going to make all this content. We're going to do this and that for the page. We're going to edit this on the website. Like I just got home, like super motivated to like continue building this sort of like FBI lab that we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like an infectious energy. And that's normally the case for me too. Like when I play shows, I normally come off of them feeling super inspired or like, you know, the energy from the crowd too is it's like something that you can't really put into words but you can feel it and obviously like you feel the same thing it's that like sense of community and togetherness and like when everybody's just like moving to the same thing like there's no worries about you know what their politics are or like you know if you have something bad that's been happening in your life or at home like all of that kind of goes away and you just like are there with people and like the bullshit like fades and and you Mm -hmm. have that beautiful energy um and normally like yeah if the crowd's into it which hopefully they are it's my tour (laughs) uh i'll come home i'll I'll definitely feel energized (laughs) to to write some more music yeah and i was looking at the lineup too of like some of the artists you're putting on like i see green matter she's out here in denver she's one of my good friends slaying dogs remnant like how did you like hand select these artists? Even Charlotte's Web, I love Charlotte's Web. Like she is also out here in Denver. Yeah, she is. Um, I put a lot of like time and care into picking all the support acts. Uh, I think my managers like kind of hated me for a minute because it's like <laughs> I went city by city. Like it's not like I was like, oh, you know, these are the people that I want. You guys try to figure it out. I was like, no, for this city, I want these four people. And if like one of those people couldn't 
make it, I'd be like, okay, these are my other two options to replace that role. Like that's how intricate I was. Um, I've been like going to electronic shows since like 2009. I think I saw like pretty lights was one of my first ones. My first show is actually infected mushroom in 2009. No um, way. Damn. Is it a start with side trance? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't like yeah. half-assing. It wasn't like, you know, Tiesto or something. It was like, dude, it was, it was infected <laughs> mushroom. I've always been weird. Um, I love that. Infected mushroom is sick life. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're so great. Mm-hmm. But basically like, I've just been like in the scene for a long time. I'm a big fan of other artists like I'm always listening to other people's stuff. So I feel like I have a good finger on the pulse of like the underground. Cause that's like kind of still how, that's like how I view myself still. And I've been a fan of pretty much every single person on the lineup. And I've either collaborated with them, played their music or um, had them on my radio show or multiples of those. Um, I think almost everybody has had a radio show episode um and if not like they fall in those other two categories but yeah it's just like i i I tried to pick people that i really liked and then i tried to put them in markets also that wouldn't break the bank for everybody because there is like 20 acts on it people were like somebody tweeted like oh there's like so many people on these tours these days and i was like well there's intention behind that like one, I want to bring up like all of my homies. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm not going to like pick three friends and make them fly around the country when I don't have a huge budget and they don't have a huge budget. So I'm like, okay, this person lives, lives you know, in Florida. I'm going to give you all five Florida stops and, and one stop in Atlanta. That's doable. Um, That's really and it's cool. like yeah. kind of their home market too. So they have friends there that'll come out to the shows like, and it promotes them in their state and might get them a couple out of state plays, especially for like the local or regional people. Um, the only people that, you know, might be playing a bunch of stops are people that are like more national acts. Um, mm-hmm. And like, like a super future, I have him on a bunch of different dates, um, drink your water, but like green matter. I had her on the like Fort Collins and Boulder show. I have her, I think, in Portland as well, because that's actually like not too bad of a flight. Yeah, but no, I did include her on, on Webster Hall. Um, and that's, you know, that's an awesome show, like to mm-hmm. to have anybody on. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of thought put into it. I'm yeah. I'm sure people will really appreciate that too, especially like the locals in each region, like, mm-hmm. you know, for example, like drinker water. I love him and I'm sure people like around that region will really appreciate that they get to see him in maybe their yeah. region or wherever he's playing. And definitely. Yeah. No, um, I will say though, uh, just because I am in FBI mode here, I don't see Denver on this poster. So maybe there's something unannounced, or maybe you just yeah. played here uh that I don't know of. <laughs> yeah. So I have the Boulder and Fort Collins shows, which are coming up super soon. Uh, I think that's like the second weekend of tour. So all my focus yeah. is on those right now. And then I have uh, Red Rocks appearance um, with Liquid Stranger in October for Wakan Rocks. Um, oh, so that right. one. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that after that show's done that I don't have something cooking mm-hmm. up for Denver. 
Um, but as people are going to the Red Rock show, I might be announcing something. Okay. That so, night. Denver peeps, if you're listening, yes. stay locked. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to well, also come to the Boulder and, and Fort Collins shows. I'm actually bringing in like extra sound. Like I'm working with Hennessy to bring in a bunch of subs and I'm good friends with Laser Monkey. So we have like a bunch of extra to production for those tracks or shows. Cause I always like to do it like all the way up for Colorado. Cause I know mm-hmm. everybody out there goes super hard. Base capital, baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I would, we, I mean, if we were in the country, we would have gone to your, oh, we actually, we will be, we'll be just back in time, but we're actually going to Colombia and Curacao for our best friend's mm. wedding. Wow. So, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So I will, we'll probably be recovering by then. I think we get back like the 10th or so. Yeah. So yeah, I see here. See, I have to use glasses to look at this poster. Yeah, there's a lot of things <laughs> on there. Actually, I've always wanted to go to Colombia, so that sounds really fun. I lived in Viña del Mar in Chile for like eight months and studied um, Spanish and did like traveling throughout South America. I didn't make it to Chile, but I went to Argentina and then I hiked Patagonia and then Bolivia, Chile, Peru. Oh, I've been dying to hike Patagonia. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard. I it was super hard. (laughs) Yeah, what's the what's the elevation over there? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. I did like this one hike. It's called the W. So it's like the elevation change is really really steep, and then you like come out of the valley. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's it's just so far down there. It's hard to get to. Yeah, it's it's pretty expensive to fly down there. For sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. This was like 10 years ago. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the times have I have changed. ADD. I was like, oh, Columbia, I want to go there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, thankfully it wasn't too bad to fly out there, but it's crazy because so the wedding is in Medellin. Mm-hmm. So the flights from Denver to Bogota were like basically $400 round trip, whereas, which is really cheap. Yeah. Whereas to Medellin, it was like eleven hundred dollars round oh, trip. Wow. I was like, the hell. <laughs> so yeah, we're basically gonna fly. We decided to fly into Miami, and then there's a flight from Miami to Medellin. So okay. figured that it would just be easier to do that. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I don't blame but, you if you want to make the show. That's a lot of travel. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna need to recover yeah. from now until we go. <laughs> I'm still gonna have to recover from Base Canyon. So, and you know how that <laughs> yeah. drive is. Hey, you're holding it up like really well. So, thank I'm you. I appreciate have... it. My God. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I skipped day three. Okay. Um, and there's a bunch of fires out there. I don't know if you've seen the news, but there's yeah. been really terrible fires. I don't know if you saw like some videos as well. How hazy it was, and yeah, it looks it looks bad. Yeah. So everyone's like lungs and throats and noses are all fucked up from that too. So it's no fun. (laughs) Plus. Yeah. I think are the, is it the Canadian fires that are burning? I heard there was, I heard there was fires in Spokane actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was pretty bad. Um, I don't, I think they must've started Friday night because Saturday, Friday, it was clear as day. Like the sunset looked incredible and that would have been the day to take pictures. And I made the mistake of not taking pictures that day. Cause I was just oh. like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, like I'll dress in my cute outfit tomorrow. And of course 
we wake up and it's like super hazy. <laughs> You'll just have to go back, I guess. Yeah, I'll just have to go back. So that's my excuse. <laughs> you have a good time. It looks it, it looks awesome. It was incredible. Oh my god, the pre party was a lot of fun. I just love how Excision is also constantly putting up these up and coming artists. Like we showed up oh, to the pre party and they had like all this alcohol for all the artists and all their guests and they were you know the artists and hospitality like they were just like oh do you want a drink oh do you need any food are you good do you need water like they were constantly asking the guests and the artists and then the artists were just taking turns on the decks just like plug in play a song and there was just like thousands of people in the crowd and there was pyro and a bunch of co2 and all that so yeah that's awesome. pretty cool but Actually, I want to get into some of these submitted questions that we got on Instagram. Yes, let's do it. Um, so let's see. It's Caro. She asks, how do you keep your hair so nice? Um, well, right now it's in a, <laughs> a braid and that's actually one of the secrets. I, I braid it a lot. So like at night, uh, Taylor, my fiance will braid it for me because I'm lazy. And uh, that keeps it from like getting really like tangled and crinkled at night. Uh, I have like super, not curly, but almost curly, but very wavy hair. So if I don't do that, like I wake up and it's like all tangled and, and crazy. Um, like a lion. <laughs> yes, I, I look crazy, crazy, especially in Atlanta. It's so humid here. It'll be like. Oh, yeah, um, no, it's so humid there. <laughs> it is. I'll do. I use like shampoo and conditioner. Um, and then I have like a conditioner that you use like a leave-in one after the shower oh yeah um, mm -hmm. and then I take hair supplements it's a lot of work I didn't realize I've been growing yeah. my hair for a long time I've kind of kept it like at half of my chest length for a while mm -hmm. now um but yeah it's a pain in the ass <laughs> how long have you been growing it out for <laughs> um it was like yay high in like 2015 so oh, wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's, I haven't had it much shorter than then. I used to grow it out like to that length a lot, like at my neck. Um, and then my mom would like make me cut my hair a lot as a kid for some reason. Like she, mm -hmm. I, I hated it. I would throw a temper tantrum. So she would like surprise me at the bus stop like waiting in her car and be like oh we're like going to the store and then and like take me to the hair salon so I have like I think hair trauma wow. she's great besides <laughs> that like I love my mom <laughs> but I do not want to cut it anymore so I actually maintenance wise I do get it cut every like four months to take off like an inch or two and like I was about to it, ask like wait like, so you're not cutting out. <laughs> I know I get it I get it like cleaned up every yeah like two or three times a year do you ever like straighten your hair? I had an emo phase in high school and middle school. And I did use my sister's straightener to straighten my hair one time. And it looked insane. Uh, <laughs> it was like the like swoop across my eye. And I was like taking pictures on the counter wearing my sister's skinny oh, jeans. No. I didn't make skinny jeans back oh, then for boy. guys just yet. Um, like the myspace days where you just yeah, have like that one yeah, selfie it's like <laughs> i was like big on tumblr for a while oh my god uh, tumblr <laughs> what a time i don't think I, I don't think i would do actually funny enough uh talking about hair salons i think it was a year or two ago i 
went to this new salon and I didn't know what a blowout was. And like, they were like, <laughs> no. do, you want, do you want, like they cut my hair and everything. They're like, do you want a blowout? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh my God. Afterwards, my hair was like so long and luscious and like straight. And like, I looked like Fabio. <laughs> do you have any pictures like, of that? <laughs> I do. I'll try to find one and send it to you. <laughs> And then, like, I got home and my fiance was like, what the fuck? Like, what did they do to your <laughs> Did they straighten your hair? And I was like, I don't know. They, like, blow dry it for, like, 30 minutes. And she was like, did you get a blowout? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. <laughs> so like, now, yeah, sure. Was, and it was not- great, honestly. It was, like, the best blow dry I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. that reminds me. I need to get that. But it's so expensive out here in Denver. My God. Yeah, this was in Berkeley, so I was like, a $200 haircut, like, it it was, I'd never make the mistake again. Yeah, don't want to do that. (laughs) But worth it for that one time. Yeah, Yeah, worth it. Uh, All right, next one here, Uh, I think it's Bizarris, wants to know, what type of programs do you use for base design, and what is your DAW? Uh, yeah, so I work in Ableton. I'm in 11.3, I believe. I think I need to update to 3.2, 11.3.2. Um, and then honestly, most of my sound design is in Serum. Um, that's just like my go-to. Sometimes I do stuff in uh, Massive or Massive X. Uh, I use a little bit of Vital, um, but most of it is in Serum. And then just like a lot of stock like Ableton. Um, stuff Mm. like the plugins no fruity loops no actually (laughs) so in high school I took like they didn't know where to place me for some of my classes um so they let me take this thing called like a directed study like me and like five other kids and um we all were like weird nerdy kids that they were like just do whatever um so most of us chose yeah, didn't know what to do with us i was like i can't take just this do class. whatever yeah they're they're like they're like, like just lab. we don't know what to do yeah. with them um, yeah like these so, kids are just yeah just yeah yeah so we had like a directed study we got to choose what we wanted to do and i did music production um and i did it on fruity loops but i ended up like not really doing very much and i mostly watched like tutorials but i never like really made anything but funny enough one of my friends from that class ended up becoming a hip hop producer um and he like made a couple of like migos and gucci mane's hits and and drake um no that are way. like hits and he like lives in la now wait um, so, so are you do you keep in touch with him at all <laughs> Yeah, I do. I don't think he even does hip hop anymore. He does like, um, uh, like hyper pop. Um, he had like one of his tracks go super viral on TikTok. Um, so I don't know. Weird, weird that we both came from that little incubator. Yeah. That's I think he cool. might still be in Fruity Loops. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, next one here. We got a couple more. We got quite a few questions. So uh, I don't know how to even say this. I'll just spell it out. It's like I C O A P R. Okay. And this is actually a good question. 
What advice would you give a new DJ that you wish someone would have given you? Uh, yeah, I think to just like stay focused on yourself and not compare yourself to other people and do it because you love it. Um, and then everything else will come because it's, it's really easy. And I used to struggle a lot where when I first started trying to play shows and like, I was like, I feel like I'm good, but like people aren't noticing me. Why are they noticing other people? It's because I suck. Like if you try to just tune that like self-doubt out and just have fun, um, it's going to make things a, a lot better. Cause there's, there's no, like, even if you're not getting paid a bunch of money and playing huge stages or whatever, like that doesn't take away from your skill. Like you're still a, like it doesn't determine like how good you are. If yeah. that makes sense. No, I agree completely. And it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, where if you go into this because you're passionate about it and not with the intention of making money, playing these festivals right away, like it's, most people, most successful people that I look up to at least, and that I'm sure you look up to are a 10 year overnight success, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no one sees what it took to get there. Like people might see Dubstep BI and they'll be like, oh, like, you know, you got this many followers or you got this traction so quickly because you're girls. And it's like, well, you guys don't see that we're working full-time jobs. We're working late into the evenings, making these articles, curating content. We're working on the weekends. We're taking away time from our friends and family just to keep this going so people will only see the success and not what it took to get there 100 percent, and i think that that's like right on the money yeah like we're like oh you like he blew up out of nowhere and like yeah he's you're only knowing them because they're blowing up but like unless they're like an industry plant which like they exist but like you know people love to talk about that but most people have put in the work like and it's you're right it's either a five or ten year overnight sensation like they're not seeing the sleepless nights or like I have videos of me playing to like five people in the woods like yeah <laughs> on some like generator you know like they, they don't see that um mm -hmm. they just see the success you're right and people will try to discount you so don't listen to that either. Don't let them be like, oh, it's because you're a woman or it's because this or because that. Like people are always going to find reasons why you're successful and they're not. Um, exactly. And those people are just people you shouldn't even give the time of day to. Yeah. One thing I have noticed is that usually the people who are talking bad about you like that are usually the ones who are obviously not happy with where they're at in life and they need to take it out on someone else because 100%. they're not where they want to be so yeah that's a problem <laughs> haters make us famous right <laughs> yeah <laughs> well actually uh I do have a lightning round here I don't know if you've seen our interviews or have heard of our lightning round uh educate me so it's just a few questions pretty quick answers they're pretty easy kind of to put you on the spot but not really like no pressure but should be fun so, yeah let's do it yeah, I prepared some here for you. This first question here is, what's the strangest venue you've ever performed at? Um, I played in this like semi-abandoned warehouse in Philadelphia to like five people. And there was like three tanks of nitrous. 
and like people that had ordered pizza and it was like <laughs> all painted completely black and there was like one person live painting there was no tickets to it um i think maybe there was 10 people there uh so that was that was probably the weirdest was <laughs> and this i had like a friend a <laughs> this was a long time ago and i had a friend like i was like dude i'm playing in philly it's gonna be sick he took a train all the way from new york city um and then it was just me and like five wooks in a warehouse <laughs> was this like an after party or like oh it was supposed i don't know it was it was it was a weird day um, it was supposed to be somewhere else and then they like couldn't make that happen uh, it was just you know in the wook days for sure i also played as I was saying, like, um, in Golden Gate Park, like in the middle of the trees, uh, for a renegade. And then we also used to throw like renegades, me and my friends, um, in like the national, uh, park right by the Golden Gate Bridge. You had to like hike down the super steep, uh, like long path all the way to this like rocky pebble beach. And we would just like physically carry all of the sound equipment down there and throw renegades until the like rangers would come at four in the morning and kick everybody out that actually sounds pretty fun though i mean Sick. not care not carrying all the equipment but like, yeah carrying back up was miserable um yeah, but it was it was actually a really cool time maybe yeah. i'll like, replicate that sometime that would be cool oh yeah uh next one how many ids are you sitting on um not counting the album probably like 15 20 um but i'm always like those are things that are playable there's like stuff that i fuck around with like all the time but i wouldn't count them as songs yeah you wouldn't count them as ids <laughs> yeah hell yeah uh do you have a go-to track for getting pumped up and which one is it uh yeah right now either go or wild are like my big ones i've been listening to body just to like make sure it still sounds good <laughs> before it comes up um if not um i'm really into like screamo metal music uh anything like slipknot would be really like a gym a gym thing to listen to um or 80s honestly i can get pumped up pumped up off of anything like i can slap on like requiem by mozart and be ready to ready to rock love it <laughs> just play that at one of your sets and just watch everyone's reactions <laughs> yeah honestly so i've been like going through um and selecting like preset music so if there there's like a 15 minute changeover from the last person before i come on and uh -huh. i like sending it to all the venues and ones sometimes it'll be like soundtrack to my life by kid cuddy and then other times it'll be like a seven minute long ambient song by massive attack so <laughs> nice so you do really curate like everything from start yeah, to definitely. finish i love it <laughs> hell yeah um what is your or do you have a dream label and which one is it um it would be my own and i'm working on it oh you're working on your own label maybe Maybe you heard it here first, fam. <laughs> Who are your EDM best friends? Um, honestly, I have too many to name and I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, but most of the people on my tour, I'm really, really great friends with. Um, so go check out all their music. A lot of the people in the wave community too, um, yes. make cool music. And I'm like, so lucky to have become close friends with all of them. So 
have nothing but good things to say about them. They're like the least gatekeepy community too. They're like, sometimes people are like, oh, like, no, this is our genre. They're like, no, come on, come on in. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I recently really started getting into wave music actually, like in the last yeah. year. So Remnant is also obviously one of them. Bavin out here in Denver. Uh-huh. Love that yeah. guy. Um, obviously Barnacle Boy, Scaler, but there's a lot of great musicians. Yeah, in the community. Sure. And they're all super nice people. Yeah, like you said, they're very are welcoming. They're, they're super nice. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, if you could go back to back with any artist, which one would it be with? Um, so like my all-time goal was Scalar, uh, but I did that this year at Soul Fest, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think besides that, maybe like Nero would be really, really cool. I don't think they do like a lot of back-to-backs, but I'd like to try to make it work. Nero would be sick. That's a, that's a good goal right there. It's doable. Yeah, I think I could make it happen. Yeah. All right, a couple more. So I'm actually curious about this. What is one country you want to play in? Uh, I would love to play in Japan. Uh, I just, I love Japanese culture. And I actually had a uh, whole trip with my fiance planned for like the cherry blossom season in Tokyo and Kyoto. And it, the like day we were supposed to leave or like a few days before we were supposed to leave uh, was when they like closed the borders because of COVID um so we canceled our flights and our airbnbs and everything obviously um but just like i've seen people's shows there too so like besides their beautiful country and culture and food and everything like the crowds look awesome like it looks lit so that's definitely like number one on my list yeah japanese people go hard for sure yeah and they love dubstep so like Mm -hmm. they love everything even like um so i would Chrissy and I, we were working with, well, we were basically managing Welcome Records for a while. And Ray Ray was a really good friend of ours. And she was constantly playing shows out in Tahiti and Japan. And like, she would send us videos, like, because she did a couple of releases with Welcome Records while we managed it. And so we constantly asked for like content. And like, those videos from Japan just looked insane. Yeah, yeah, I want, (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I know that feeling though, because yeah, when COVID hit, I had a whole trip planned out to Turkey with my dad, because my dad and I have never done like a father and daughter international trip. Mm-hmm. So like, I really wanted to do something where it's just him and I, and we build our relationship and bond. So I b- planned out everything for us. And then of course, COVID hit like two weeks before. So that Were was you a able huge to, to go to Turkey yet? No, we never rescheduled just because conflicts with like bunch of other trips I had planned and then like we just never we were just worried about having to like book it and then having to cancel it again especially with the whole pandemic thing and then just a bunch of things came up but I think we're gonna try again for next year so we'll see we shall see uh what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on stage um hmm I like fumble my words on the mic but I'm not really embarrassed by that I just get so excited I'm like oh and like can't talk (laughs) uh like oops but (laughs) I think this it might be TMI I have IBS um and (laughs) yeah yeah and so like I (laughs) ate super spicy wings in Austin Texas one time before a show oh no it like hit me 
like right as my set was ending and I was like have you seen bridesmaids where they're like trying not yes. to throw up? That's I was like my favorite sweating. movie yeah <laughs> yeah I was like, like <laughs> just holding it in and I was like oh my god thank you guys so much bye and like ran off stage so that <laughs> was like uh, ran to the <laughs> I like dipped like came on after me and like he we hadn't met before and he we'd been like messaging back and forth and talking about working on music and everything and like he I switched sets with him because he had a delayed flight so he was going to come on after me and so he like really wanted to say hi and I wanted to say hi to him too but he was like hey and I was like hey bye I gotta go (laughs) and then he messaged me he's like did I like do something I was like no no no, I'm so sorry like I was gonna shit my so <laughs> yeah that part where like where she's like yep she's doing it she's shit yep, on the street yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that was me like at, well at least he didn't shit on the stage <laughs> oh no that would be that would be traumatizing i would that simply would... pass away and have to get like medevaced out of there yeah like all right no one talked to me ever again that never <laughs> happened <laughs> i quit music yeah i quit this is done that wasn't that actually you see that guy yeah that wasn't me that was just someone else that was, a, that was a paid actor it was a <laughs> actor. <laughs> exactly oh man i love that movie that's like actually one of the movies that i can re-watch over and over again and i'll never get tired of it <laughs> it's it's so good and it aged really good it's still really funny that and mean girls are like both still really yeah. really funny. yeah that one so yeah those two white chicks and white dumb chicks and dumber awesome. <laughs> yes yeah why chicks like, also the shit scene when he's like move bitch like yeah <laughs> that was like that was... <laughs> like wait there's there's cheese in here as in dairy cheese <laughs> just like <laughs> the face yeah <laughs> i can recite the whole movie literally i'm that. one of those girls like you don't want to watch that with me because i literally know all the lines <laughs> yeah I, I love that though but it's so funny like i could still keep watching it over and over again <laughs> Same. it's like a comfort movie <laughs> yeah okay last question so what is your pre-show routine um normally I take a nap uh with like all of the blinds down and just like hibernate and then I try to get something to eat like six hours beforehand um because of what we just talked about not I don't spicy like spicy wings yeah no spicy wings in about six hours before I play um <laughs> normally I just like to kind of be like alone before I get to the venue and I'll take like a really hot shower and just like sit on the ground in the shower and just like find my zen Mm -hmm. uh and I have like five or six shirts that I wear every time I DJ so I like try to pick a shirt that matches the vibe of the set that I'm gonna play yeah Uh, so I it's almost like my uniform Mm -hmm. uh but yeah besides that that's pretty much it Normally, like right before I go on, I don't really like talking to people too much, which is hard because like everyone wants to talk like right before you play. Yeah, but especially I, like the openers never, and everything. Yeah, <laughs> but I need like my little quiet moment. Um, but yeah, and nothing, nothing too crazy. A hot shower, a good nap, a good meal. I try to see friends if it's like in a city where I know people. Um, but other times I'm like, i'll i'll hang out with you afterwards yeah you normally get to the venue like a little before your set or you just like um, the early hang out in your green room by yourself 
Yeah, it really depends. I used to show up like super early and then I'm like sitting around for like four or five hours. Um, because like when I'm touring a lot, it's harder to do that every single day. Like it gets to be a lot and like your social battery gets drained from talking so much, but I at least try to watch most of the openers. Um, I might miss the first one depending on like how I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling like kind of low, like I'll show up mm -hmm. closer to my set, but yeah, I try to, I try to make a point to at least watch all the openers, especially on my tour. I feel like yeah, important for me to be there. Like they're on my tour, you know, yeah. I picked them. Exactly. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some interesting like pre-show routines for some people, like where they'll do like push-ups or they're like, oh yeah, I need to take a pickle shot before I go on stage or something. Yeah. No, I just want, <laughs> don't talk. <laughs> yeah. Simple enough. That would probably be me too. Or I would just be too anxious to talk to anyone or just like, yeah, yeah. just like I used to super, like super nervous. Swim, uh, back in the day. And so like, same kind of thing. Like I don't know if you ever played any sports, but like right before like your really big game, I mean, this can apply to anything, yeah. chess, you know, any life event where there's a lot of pressure on you, you just get that like, sorry, I was hiccuping, um, like <laughs> adrenaline rush where it's like the big game and you're the, you're the one that's expected to go perform. So yeah, I get kind of quiet. Yeah. It's not like, ner like, I don't get nervous. I actually used to be so nervous. I would throw up before I would play. Um, I don't tell people that because that's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like have to go to the bathroom like 20 times or pee a bunch. I just get like really nervous. And that's mostly gone away. And now it's just kind of like getting in the zone where I'm like, I know I'm going to do good and be excited. Yeah. Uh, but now that you've done it so many times. So yeah, now you're used to it. Yeah, definitely. It's gotten better. Thank God. Yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> well, hey, that was the lightning round. It wasn't bad, right? Ooh, no, it yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah, no, we try to like use this time so that people can get to know you more as a person and understand that like you're human as well, you know, and like find some sort of inspiration and like, hey, you know what? Like if they can do it, I can do it too. So that's what we like to do about these podcasts is just like make it more personal and casual. And that way just people can get to know you more on your personal side. Yeah. I love that. And I thank you for giving me the platform to do that and giving so many other people the platform to do that. I yeah. think it's like, you know, not only as the artist, but like I, I had a talk with somebody else today, like what y'all are doing is just as important um, as the artist. Like it's like a whole like sphere of things like, yes, the artists are making the art or whatever, but like there's an art to interviewing and to creating community and for like disseminating people's like attention and eyes because not every artist can do that all the time and not every person that quote deserves it has you know the ability to get a platform so thank you, yeah. you guys. that's really sweet of you no thank yeah, you so much yeah I know I know we went the full hour here but overall really great conversation and super appreciate yeah. you for taking the time out of your day I know it's two hours ahead from where we are so really appreciate yeah, you for taking course. the time out of your evening to chat and tell us more about like what can we expect from your album and just the story behind it and the tour and yeah hopefully I get to catch one of your shows if I happen to be recovered from Columbia we'll definitely stop by either Boulder or Fort Collins so we shall definitely. see yeah, yeah. 
safe travels as well. That's going to be a great time. Thank you. Yeah, we'll keep everyone posted. We're going to bring some rhythm and dubstep out to Colombia. We'll see everyone's reaction. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but actually not really kidding. So. <laughs> yeah, like at the at the wedding reception, like <laughs> doing the like tandem <laughs> yeah. thing.